0: Welcome back to another week of instigating with Clarky and jury brought to you by our friends at cool Bet Canada, the Listowel will squash courts Listowel vision care see the game and our friends at Hanover raceway don't miss all the excitement of live harness racing every Saturday running until September 17th post time at one bring the family and come have a great time enjoying the sights and sounds we bet you'll love it visit them at hanoverraceway.com for details on their upcoming events. Very pleased to be joined by a good friend of mine, one of the best guys in the hockey world that I know, and an inspirational dude as well, Mister Garrett McFadden. Garrett, how are you, my friend?
1: Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, thanks to be on. I know we we're just talking that it's been a while, so um, it's always always nice to chit chat with you. And uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on. We appreciate you coming
0: on off the heels of recently announced news, of course that you've re-signed with the AHL's Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, just tell us a little bit about the deal coming together and your experience so far playing professional hockey with Lehigh Valley.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, obviously, last year started things off um, out east at Acadia and then kind of ran into some trouble with Omicron and had to uh, make a decision around Christmas time to go pro. And um, you know, Lehigh was sort of the first team to to offer up something that I think for me was, was worth leaving Acadia. Obviously it was a really hard decision, but um, yeah, I got to, you know, essentially play two thirds of a, of a season of pro hockey at the end of last year. And um, you know, mostly in the ECHL with Reading, but obviously got a chance to, to get up and um, experience things in Lehigh Valley. And I uh, thought I did really well. And um, obviously it's anytime that, um, you know, a team re-offers you and, and wants to re-sign you, then, um, it means you know they kind of like what you see, and I think um, the, the comfortability there is is something you know that I'm looking forward to. And I think as a hockey player, you're trying to always find and always limit um, you know the the new the new stuff and the things you have to you can't really prepare for. So um, yeah, super excited to go back, and and obviously it was a pretty exciting day when. When the offer came in and then I waited a little bit for it to get announced, which is, which is fine, but um, was nice to kind of have that in my back pocket all summer and, and know kind of what I was working towards.
0: You know, Garrett, you you played bits and pieces of essentially three different seasons, of course, COVID erasing one of the years of your U sports career at Acadia, where you put up incredibly good numbers. And then you mentioned spending a lot of the season last year with the Reading Royals, where you put up great numbers as well and played really well, earning yourself another pro deal heading into this season. Tell us a little bit about your experience at Acadia and playing U sports where a lot of of former ohl and chl guys go to play it's an extremely high level of hockey that i still think is maybe for some hockey fans like a bit of a hidden gem i don't know that a large majority of fans are are giving maybe due credit or due attention to that league what was your experience like playing in U sport
1: yeah absolutely i mean from the moment um my OHL career ended and and um you kind of start going on recruit trips and looking into options. Um, you know, sort of besides pro and and um, you know, weighing things. I went out to to Wolfville um, on a recruit trip at the start of August and um loved, loved the town, loved the university. Um the rank was was unbelievable and just like an easy, easy sell for me. And um, you know, I think my three and a half years there were obviously. Uh, a lot of up and downs. Um, you know, my first year we we weren't great. And but I got a chance to go to Russia at the end of the season with uh, you know, the Canadian new sports team, which is really cool. And um, you know, my second year not really getting to play in nationals when we're there at the tournament because of uh the start of COVID was definitely tough. And um, yeah, the third year not playing, and then my fourth year, I guess they're kind of getting cut short a bit, but um yeah like you said I, I fully agree it's it's definitely a hidden gem and i think there's there's you know tons of talent um that that goes across the country into into youth sports and um obviously it's pretty tough to you know turn down your schooling and you want to prepare yourself for the rest of life because you can't play hockey for forever but um you know there's there's definitely tons of talent and and you know lots of lots of players and i think even more so now that Guys are coming from U Sports and signing American League deals. And um, even over the last couple of years, there's been some entry level NHL contracts that have come out of the league, too. So uh, I think it's exciting. And yeah, I mean, I urge people to go watch the hockey. We were, you know, supported super well in Wolfville and, um, you know, we'll get anywhere from 1,600 to 2,000 people out to our games, which was which was really cool. I think for, for any U sports team, that's probably, you know, got to be one of the, one of the upper attendances and really well supported by the town, which was awesome. And um, yeah, I had a lot of fun, to be honest. Like it was, it was some of the most fun hockey I've ever played in my life. And uh, I miss, I miss the school. I miss, you know, the Maritimes and and Nova Scotia a lot. Um, But obviously it's, it's kind of nice to sort of embark on that pro career and, and get things going too.
0: I know people in in my backyard here in Listowel, of course, remember that Tonka Ted Nickel, the former captain of the Kingston Frontenacs, he played U-Sport hockey. Uh, A lot of guys from this area in in Midwestern Ontario went on and played very successful careers in U-Sport hockey. So I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed your time there. You, of course, mentioned your OHL career, which I know a lot of fans around here will be most familiar with when it comes to you. And of course, suiting up for the Guelph Storm, who I now broadcast games for and it's a shame that I kind of missed the end of your career uh but you know we we've still been able to kind of become friends since then and largely through your work with McFadden's movement and and we've talked at length about the great work you're doing in terms of promoting men's mental health, uh, junior hockey players' mental health and and youth mental health as well. Um for people who maybe aren't familiar with McFadden's movement which I don't even know how that's possible, but for maybe some people watching this and listening that, that aren't familiar with it, take us again through your inspiration to do it and,
1: and what you do with McFadden's movement, Garrett. Sure. Yeah. When I was in grade nine, uh, we lost a family friend, West Cameron to suicide. Um, really close friend of of my older sister, Madison's and, uh, he was obviously playing, uh, for the Highlanders, Gray Bruce Highlanders at the time, uh, same time I was. So it was something that, um, you know, definitely I think I related to, and, and, um, I think all of a sudden you kind of learn exactly what mental health is and how, you know, how many people are really affected by it and how important it is and, yeah, through my time in Guelph, um, the team was super involved in the community and I was lucky enough to become really close friends with Steph Karate, who was uh, working for the team in our community community relations stuff at the time. And um, yeah, we just decided to sort of launch our own our own um, not-for-profit foundation, which is uh, McFadden's movement and um, just kind of raising money and awareness um, for youth athletes and, and youth in general, I think just about you know, the importance of mental health and talking a little bit about my, you know, my story, most, mostly, you know, some stories from when I was in Guelph and sort of the ups and downs that happen when you are playing in the OHL. And I think that a lot of kids maybe don't realize that, you know, even in the biggest spotlight, things can be pretty difficult. And um, so, yeah, we've, I've been doing that for the last six years. Um, You know, we've, we've uh, we're kind of right on the edge of a big announcement, but I might as well spoil it on here and say, uh, you know, we raised 20,000 at our our last golf tournament this summer. And, um, so that'll put us over just over the hundred thousand, uh, Mark for over, over the last six years donated to both West for youth and, and CMHA Waterloo Wellington. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been exciting. It's been really cool. And, um, I think that, you know, since I started six years ago, there's a lot more athletes that are coming out and talking about mental health, which is, um, obviously huge. And I think for young kids, um, you know, to hear NHLers or, or, you know, guys that are playing in the NBA or golfers or, you know, tennis players or, or whoever it is to kind of come out and, and speak about, um, you know, the struggles that they're dealing with and, and kind of open that door and open that conversation for young kids to understand that it's okay to get you know to be down on yourself or have bad days but it's also important to kind of take care of yourself mentally it's, it's definitely huge so that's kind of what we've been working towards obviously sort of you know trying to end the stigma that surrounds mental health and um, you know i've been super lucky to just uh, have a ton of support from both the guelph community and i think everyone around um, over you know the last six years has been been really really awesome
0: Well, I commend you again and congratulations on that milestone. I I know that you and Steph have worked very hard and obviously, you know, it's an incredible and inspiring story because, you know, I I didn't know Wes, unfortunately, but I've obviously grown very fond and and familiar with the West for Youth people. His mom, of course, Yolanda is amazing. Jen, everybody over there, they're great to work with. And I know that you've uh, given a lot of your time and and a lot of effort toward helping that organization, which provides mental health counseling for free for youth in our area, which is incredibly important. Um, Garrett, you know, uh, you talk about Steph and I don't know how many people listening or watching this are, are maybe familiar with Steph, but she's a super incredible person. Like she's right from my early days where I, where I started doing fill in work on Guelph storm broadcasts when, when she was still around, she was always the friendliest person in the rank. She was always gung ho to get behind a cause or help somebody or show me around the rink Cause I was lost uh, when I first showed up there, like, she's a super awesome person. Talk a little bit about your relationship with her and, and just what she's meant to not only yourself, but helping you get McFadden's movement off the ground.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I say all the time that, um, it would be nothing without her and, um, you know, obviously my name's on it and, and it is called McFadden's movement, but, um, I'm definitely a a co-founder for a reason. (laughs) And, uh, you know, she, she does everything and, you know, anything that, that we put together. And, um, I think she has a, a standard of, of excellence and wants to do things, um, you know, sort of to the best of her ability. And I think that pushes me to kind of, you know, keep up with her and, and, and try to do, you know, and accomplish everything that that we can together and i think we make a really good team but obviously um you know she's definitely the backbone whether it's reminders trying to get me to do stuff or or you know just kind of that constant motivation and hunger to to keep going and um you know there are some years and i think especially after i was done in guelph where it kind of felt like how how is McFadden's movement going to be perceived now that you know i'm i'm not playing for the storm and you know i've moved away to the, to Nova Scotia and, and, you know, maybe things seem a little bit more, di- more distant, but um you know, she's, she's definitely pushed to keep things, keep things going. And, and um you know, I think we kind of use energy um, amongst each other and, and we've been able to obviously accomplish a lot. And um, yeah, I, I honestly can't thank her enough. I, I pretty much, or, or everything to do with uh, with McFadden's movement that, that we've accomplished to her and, um i think it's yeah like you said a testament to who she is as, as a person What you know she'll she'll go to the ends of the earth to help anyone and um you know luckily enough we've we've created a, a great friendship and she's definitely one of my best friends in the world and um yeah super lucky to have you know one been in the storm during her time there and and got to know her really well and to get to you know talk with her pretty much every day and and you know form a a not-for-profit charity that that is as as successful as it is and um yeah she's she's definitely uh got a huge fingerprint on that she's quite a fighter she'll she'll go
0: to the wall for people and and that's really special and it's great to have people like that in your corner we're gonna have to bug Steph and get her on this show because (laughs) she is still involved in hockey she's a big hockey fan and i know she just got back from italy too so we can bug her a little bit about that um you know, reflecting back on your time with Guelph, obviously we know junior hockey, it's very cyclical franchises go up and down. I do wonder, Garrett, you know, how how connected are you still to to people within the organization and 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 the team as they move forward into coming up, what should be a, a very exciting season for the storm like are, are you in contact with any of those guys? Does anybody ever reach out to you for advice, that sort of thing? Like how, how involved are you still, if, if at all with, with the storm and the organization?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I think since I've left, there's, you know, been a couple coaching changes now and, um, new ownership and, and obviously new equipment managers and all, the, all sorts of different changes, but um, there's still lots of people and, you know, within the office that I stay in contact with all the time. And, um, I think as far as the guys go, it's kind of funny, actually, um, Cooper Walker was our our stick boy when I was 16. Um, and now he's an overager. So he was at, at the golf tournament, uh, back in July and we were just chatting. I was like, it's pretty hard to believe, you know, it's, it's been, you know, for me almost five years since I played for the storm. And, and to think back to when I was 16, that's, you know, long time ago now. And, um, you know, to see him as an overager and, um, you know, I've gotten close with a couple of the guys, Ben McFarlane too, has been out to the tournament a few times and yeah, we try and stay involved. And, and I think McFadden's movement has sort of been a, a, a gateway for us to, to you know get to know some of those some of the young kids that are coming in and um, obviously I keep pretty close tabs on the team because I like to see you know the success of the organization and um, it looked like a pretty great year for them last year and they're a really young team so yeah I'm definitely excited to to see what they got. And obviously they got the young stud blue liner and Cam, and Cam Allen back there, who, you know, I think is, is going to be a really great player and definitely excited for that. So um, yeah, as alumni, I think you just try to stay involved however you can. And um, you know, maybe those guys aren't really asking me for advice because they have, you know, lots of people in their corner who, who you know, could give them maybe, um, you know, just as good as a, a, of advice as I could, but um, yeah, you try to stay involved, like I said, as much as you can. And and I uh, definitely follow along.
0: You know, it's funny, and and I'm hoping maybe there's an opportunity where you can be in Guelph for a home game this year or something. And if you are, we'd we'd love to drag you into the booth, Steve Fitzsimmons and I. we we always love seeing former storm, particularly you in the building. You know, it's it's funny in in my first year last year as a full-time broadcaster with the team. There's a guy on the blue line who is undrafted in the NHL and I think can play pro hockey that reminds me a lot of of the way you played. And that's Luca Profaca. And I, I don't know how familiar you are with his style of play or, or his tenure so far in Guelph. But I, I think that, you know, he, he earned an invite to an NHL camp in the off season. Uh, the storm had a great draft day. I mean, four guys were drafted this year and that's part of the excitement in Guelph. Take me back to your time in Guelph where, you know, you're approaching the end of your OHL career You've not been drafted by an NHL team. You're still wanting to play, and you're still passionate about being a hockey player. What was it like for you as you entered U Sport and kind of navigating how you were going to make that happen? Because I think Luca is kind of going through a similar thing right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was sort of weighing the OHL scholarship option, um, and and I think as a kid. Um, you know, school was something that my parents made, uh, you know, sort of a priority, obviously, to do well in school. And, um, you know, when I was when I was playing in Guelph, I was still taking courses um, at the University of Guelph, uh, you know, once I graduated high school. So my last three years a junior, I ended up finishing a full year of, of university courses. So I think for me, like, Having that in my back pocket, knowing that I only really had to go to school for three years, um, and and if I really wanted to, could kind of fast track and and do summer school, and you know, uh, originally had a plan to kind of be done in two years, and and then be able to leave school with a degree, um, and and still be young enough to you know really have a <laughs> an early, I guess, pro career. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely a tough decision because you know, obviously I believed in myself and was hoping that I would get a good enough contract offer that would kind of persuade me to, you know, forego my, my OHL scholarship, um, and and not have to go to school. And I don't think that guys go to play in the OHL and dream of going to play youth sports hockey. It's really not, um, you know, as glamorous as, as obviously getting a pro deal or whatnot, but, Um, yeah, for me, it just kind of came down to, it was a great option. And I, I really liked where I was at and I went to a camp and, um, out in Vancouver and just the offer wasn't there for me. So it just turned into, you know, committing to a school and and going to play and see how I would do out there. And obviously I think both sides of it, um, you know, are really cool experience. I think being able to play pro as a young player is, is obviously really good for your development and and it's going to help you along the way. And, um, you know but at the same time like we talked about i think that u sports hockey is still really quality hockey you can still develop your game and um you know still play in different areas of of the country where maybe you get different exposure and some scouts like what what you're doing and, and you can kind of you know impress different teams so i think for me it was just it came down to you know i was nervous to give up my school package because i just wanted to be it have my degree and then not have to worry about it and now I think that I have it and I'm playing pro hockey it's kind of like I'm playing with house money and um you know I can just go out there and not really worry about what I'm going to do next because you know if hockey was to end one day then I can go out into the real world and um, you know, still have a, you know, a little something on my resume where I get a decent job. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super tough decision. I, I mean, it, it was really hard. It's, it's definitely taxing on your, on your mind. And I think even through that over, over age year, as time is winding down, you're kind of like what's going to happen. Um, but I don't know, that's, that's kind of the life in pro hockey. There's not many guys out there that have four or five, six year deals and, and kind of know where they're going to be for the next half half uh you know of 10 years or whatever so you're kind of going contract to contract and and it's it's difficult in any year so um no matter what the situation i think it's just kind of wang wang your pros and cons and and sort of following your heart and your stomach and um you know i did that and went out to acadia and now i'm you know i'm obviously pretty happy that i did that and, and now i get to play pro and um yeah it's been a lot of fun Well, I'm really proud of what you've been able
0: to accomplish, my friend. And uh, I'd love to ask you, I mean, just how much do you still have a burning desire to potentially crack an NHL lineup someday? Because, you know, there have been a lot of good players that have gone on to solid NHL careers, however long or short they may be that. We're never drafted. You know, the the Tim Thomases of the world, Adam Oates, of course, maybe the, the best undrafted player ever. And I, I remember reading an interview with him years ago where he said he seriously considered quitting playing at 2021. 20, he was like, no one's giving me the time of day. And the guy went on to score like 1,300 points and play a lot of quality hockey. How much of a burning desire do you still have to crack an NHL
1: team? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you dream of it as a, as a little kid. And I think every year when that cup comes out, it's just like, Oh my God, I would kill to, you know, play in an NHL game or, or have a chance to, you know, lift that cup. And it's one of those things where all of a sudden, um, you know, maybe there were some dark days when I was playing new sports and you're kind of like, Oh man, like, is anyone even watching this game? And then all of a sudden, you know, last year I played four games in the American league and it's like, okay, well you're a league away. And, you're not really far off from you know stringing together 10 or 15 good games in a row and all of a sudden people are looking at you and i think for me you know when i when i first arrived in in lehigh um there was a guy by the name of hayden hodgson who played in in the o um who you know essentially went from the, at the start of the year was on a two-way american league deal and then signed a you know a two-year one-way extension and anyways it gets a little complicated but he went from basically an american league deal and playing in the coast to playing in the nhl for the flyers in the same year and um you know it's kind of crazy how fast it can happen and um you know i don't uh, i I think that the margin of skill between those leagues is so close that um you know given given what you have and and you know all you need is an opportunity and you know maybe a little bit of luck here and there but who knows when that's going to happen and it's definitely, it's definitely there for me. So it's, uh, it's kind of one of those things that you just hope. And, um, every summer you work harder and, uh, you just try and do whatever you can to play for as long as you can. So,
0: well, Garrett, you've kind of made a reputation at least at the rink and certainly off of it for being one of the hardest workers that I've ever witnessed for sure. I think you can do it. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, my cousin Brad Shaw, who was a longtime pro player and of course is now an assistant coach with one Philadelphia Flyers and was a defenseman. I might need to whisper in Brad's ear to pay a little (laughs) extra attention to the AHL tape this year uh, because there's a guy on the team I know that might be pretty good. So, you know, you never know, man. You never know. Uh, I'd I'd love to leave off with asking you a fun question, though. You know, we've talked about it a lot on the show. I know you love golf. You're a passionate guy. You host a great golf tournament all the time as well with McFadden's movement. What's your opinion on this whole live tour thing? Like, Uh, what's what are your thoughts on the controversy, the PGA pumping more money in? Like, what's your thought on this whole fiasco? Everybody
1: seems to have an opinion. I'd love to hear yours. I'm definitely. I think more of a traditionalist when it comes to the PGA, I just love the events and, and, you know, nothing beats a a majors weekend. And I can't imagine, you know, people making pools for live golf tournaments and, you know, forking up a bunch of cash. So, I, I mean, it's crazy, the money that they're throwing and, and um, you know, for those guys who have (laughs) played pro golf and all of a sudden they, uh, they fall on top of a hundred million dollars. Like you can't not be happy for them, but Um, at the same time, I don't know, like, I just, I just can't imagine, you know, watching a live golf tour event and, and ever really feeling like super excited about it. I just, I just couldn't get there and like, there'll never be the masters. And, um, you know, even as long as it goes on in my lifetime, I just can't think, I don't think it would get to where the tradition is of of PGA golf tournaments. And I don't know. I just, I think it's good for the sport just to have, you know some competition obviously like you said all of a sudden the PGA is you know getting off their wallets a little bit and the guys are getting paid more so i think that was kind of the intentions of of the other guys leaving and sort of putting some pressure on the PGA for the greater good i guess but um it's unfortunate that you know the they kind of have to break up and and you know a lot of the same players that are on the tour all the time aren't all of a sudden and um, you know, all of a sudden you get kind of two fields that are good, but not great, as great as they could be. So, um, I don't know. It's one of those things. I'm definitely on the PGA side, but, um, I'm definitely happy to see them with a little bit of pressure on themselves.
0: I, I think I tend to agree with you and I think Clarky would as well, if he were here to chat with you and Garrett, I I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Good luck this season, really happy for you and keep, keep chasing that NHL dream, man, because like you said, I I believe in you, man. and, And I don't think it's far away. I think you can do it because if, if we've learned anything about Garrett McFadden over the last few years that I've known you, when you set your mind to something, you can do it, man. So, Hey, I really appreciate you doing this and best of luck this season, my friend. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks again for having me on. All right, everybody, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, Clarkie will jump on, and there's a lot to talk about, including the Blue Jays' recent run, the 92 World Series, 30th anniversary coming up, and a number of other big sports topics to chat about here on Instigating with Clarkie and Drury. Welcome back to Instigating with Clarky and Jury, brought to you by our friends at Cool Bet. Thanks again to our friend Garrett McFadden of McFadden's Movement and, of course, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms for jumping on the show. Pleased to be joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Clark. Our first show together in, what, like two weeks? Where have you How been, you buddy? Where have you been? I was in the lake, my
2: friend. I know. I know. I saw the pictures. Very nice. Very nice. The boat, the life jacket. Can you swim? Again, that's not being funny, but can you swim? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Th- Cause then the, you were the on the life, dock and you had the life jacket on. And I just wondered like, it's fine. I don't like it's, it's, I would too, if I jumped in the lake, I'd have a life jacket on. I can no, swim, I can swim, but I just don't trust myself at my advantage.
0: Uh, well, there's like a shelf of rock that's shallow there right. right off the dock where we are. So like you can swim out there like comfortably for a good 30 feet. Nice. Um, can you share where particular, you were? What part of the world. I was at windy Lake uh across from windy lake provincial park it's a tiny little lake up okay. just north of sudbury oh um,
2: you were way up there how were the bugs
0: uh they were fine like okay. there were a couple of nights yeah the bu- the bugs up there are super bad in like may early june yeah they they really thin out by the time we went up yeah. Yeah. um and and they were fine it was great it's my favorite place to go in the world it's it's nice. awesome to spend time up there with the girlfriend and her family. A bunch of her extended family live up there. So we saw a lot of people we haven't seen in a long time, which does
2: was... Kate like being referred to as the girlfriend.
0: I don't, I don't know that she cares. <laughs> Kate, do you, do you like being referred to as the girlfriend off camera? Yeah. She doesn't care. She, doesn't she care. just okay. doesn't care. Okay. She's Kate's pretty chill. And yeah, she's, she's the photo taker, which is good. Cause nice. I don't document anything. Oh, that's good. Um, I've been
2: taking a lot of photos too. I don't know if you've seen.
0: I I'm, Paying attention to what you're up to on Facebook. You're yeah, your new camera. You're Mr. Na- Should we call you national geographic from now on? Yeah.
2: Maybe I love doing it. I got a new camera a new lens and I'm getting right into it and spending way too much money on those two things, but Hey, I enjoy it. So what the heck, right?
0: It's a beautiful hobby, man. Why not? You, you would have yeah. been jealous of us. We saw a couple of beautiful bald eagles that were hanging oh, around nice. our camp. So Beauty. it was, uh, it was something. And of course there's bears up there. So that's always fun. Did uh, you see any speak- bears? We didn't see any no, bears okay, this year. Okay. We saw last year we saw some. Uh, okay. but unfortunately, they're always at the dump. They're yes, they're at the they dump are. up there. <laughs> of course yes, <laughs> they are. Digging stuff out, man. Yeah, it's, of course. Uh, that's their where favorite they live. Place. It's of sad, course. but that's where they live. It's easy food for them, right? So they love it. Yeah. Uh speaking of loving it, the Jays are what loving it right now. what is going on
2: there? Like I had written them off. Like wow. I said, the Yankees <laughs> are like yeah. The Yankees won't be caught. Now they may still not be caught, but holy god, they they came within what six?
0: Well, it's down. Or I seven? think now to seven or seven and a half because the yeah. Yankees actually handled the Mets. Uh, I mean, that's quite easily well, which was, that's
2: easily to come back on that.
0: It's certainly Yankees not impossible.
2: Like, yeah, they're playing like shit, so we'll see.
0: They're atrocious right now. I mean, since the All-Star break, they have been absolutely abysmal. A record, I believe, under 500. Um, mm-hmm. They might have crept mm-hmm. back over that 500 mark since the All-Star break with those wins against their cross-city rivals uh, who are having a good season in their own right. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, when you consider back in, what, late May, early June, their lead was as much as 16 and a half games and to now have it around know. that 7 or 8 mark, yeah, that's not it's impossible.
2: No, not at all. It's not impossible. I don't, Hey,
0: you know what? Like it's,
2: it's fun again to watch them. I mean, when you beat the Yankees two out of three or three out of four, whatever it was, um, three out of four, three out of four, it's, it's good. And uh, they're right back in it um you know we're recording this show my daughter's birthday happy birthday to jenna i'm going over there yes. soon and what i've given her for her birthday because we're recording now so she's not going to know before i get there is tickets to a blue jay home game in the playoffs. so they got to win and they got to make it if they don't then she's out of luck no i'll find something else but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm gonna get her so i hope the tickets will be are clutching like a thousand the couch. bucks <laughs> yeah hopefully the tickets oh, are 500 bucks but we'll figure it we'll figure it out but yeah, that's amazing. I want to get to a, I want to get to a game. We went to a game against Texas back in what was it, 16? So
0: Right, right. Yeah. yeah well, that was, would have been
2: but they the got one to go creamed. to. They got creamed. No, I wasn't at the game. I got they got creamed in the ah, game I went to. Like they lost like mm. 13 to 3 or something. But, but ah, th- yes. I love the atmosphere. Like that's the only game I want to go see. Like I was thinking, well, maybe we go see a Boston game near the end of the year because they played Boston the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be clinching time, but ah, we'll go to a playoff game. They'll make, they'll make the playoffs, right? They got to host them because all the games are at the team. Uh, the first two basic wildcard teams host all three games.
0: Yes. So, yes. So they got to so, finish
2: too- either. Well, they're not. Well, if they catch the Yankees, that's a done deal. Or they got to finish first in the wildcard race. So we'll
1: see.
0: Yeah, Tampa currently, I believe, as we record this, a half game, maybe a full game ahead in first place now in the wild card as the Rays are doing what they do and yeah. waking up down the stretch. They're a very solid ball team, remember, without Wander Franco, who is due to come back maybe early September. But the Jays, I mean, you know, you say Kikuchi is now a bullpen arm, and maybe I'm he won't even be that. I'm telling
2: you they can't send this guy down. There's, a, there's something in his contract.
0: Eight? straight balls he's useless
2: he really is two batters
0: in wednesday night's game in in boston with a nine two lead right yeah you can't even bring this guy on with a seven plus run lead i mean it's just absolutely incredible pull him but on the other side of the spectrum on the positive side george springer since coming back from his latest injury stint is hitting 600 yeah. and is has a crazy on-base percentage yeah. and is driving in key clutch game-winning runs. Yeah. The the back end of the bullpen is actually looking quite solid. You Kikuchi and maybe Adam Simber of late aside uh Jimmy Garcia providing very quality outs, Anthony Bass providing extremely quality outs and this is all kind of culminating soon to uh, the 30th anniversary celebrations coming up where a lot of Jays that were on that first ever World Series winning team are going to be in attendance and that's pretty special and Clarky I mean you have very vivid memories of of that time
2: Yeah, I sure do. Uh, I wasn't at the playoff games, but I was certainly there a lot during the regular season, and I enjoyed the playoffs from home. But yeah, there was nothing like Mike Timlin taking that Otis Nixon bunt and flipping it over to first base uh, in Atlanta to win their first World Series, and of course, Joe Carter the the next year. But yeah, we're celebrating the 92 team on Saturday. Um, Everyone, well, there's a couple guys not going to be there. Um, Unfortunately, Twitter's gone a little nuts on uh, Robbie Alomar not going to be there, but uh, that's, that's the way it goes when you, Robbie do probably
0: shouldn't be there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, and I heard Kelly Gruber's not going to be there either. Kelly's had yeah. some incidents lately, should we say in public and, uh, won't be there as well. So, uh, but hey, there's 38 other guys that could come. So we'll see, we'll see. Uh, it should be fun. I'm sure Cedar will be there. Hey, eh?
0: I, well, I would assume. So I haven't seen anything confirming that he won't. Yeah. Um, it's sold should out. he be in the hall it, of, should he be in the hall of n- fame? Clarky?
2: He won back to back World Series. He had a good record. I liked him as a manager. I criticized him a lot, but at the end of the day, winning is, is everything. And uh
0: yeah, correct me I, if I'm correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. The first African American manager to mm-hmm. ever win a World Series. <laughs> yeah. I believe he's the only one still, if I if I'm not yeah. mistaken. I could be wrong there, but I mean he uh he was the, the first Baker guy to do it him, certainly. Uh, I think Dusty did win one. Yeah, I'd, ha- I'd have to look that up, yeah. but Cito certainly but yeah. the first one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And doing yeah. it in historic fashion. I, I agree. I think she should be a Hall of Famer.
2: Yeah. You and uh, um, there's some guys on that team who I really got to know very well. Mike Timlin being one of them. Um, I mm-hmm. was actually at his wedding in Florida. Like we uh, we got wow. to know Mike pretty well. He used to come on my Jays talk show with Bob McCowan after the games. Um, and one day my wife was there and his girlfriend at the time was there and uh next thing i know after the game they're saying we're going out for dinner w- with them and we went over to his apartment after and yeah i had a nice little friendship with mike so that was nice but uh and then at his wedding in in uh it's a funny story when i went to his wedding and it was in florida and we went down to florida for the wedding and tom cheek was there and i know obviously worked with tom very closely and tom gave me the one those double takes you know because he didn't know i was going to be there And he goes, I would have been more surprised to see Santa Claus here. How do you know Mike Timlin? (laughs) In Tom's great ways. Um, But, yeah, so I told him, yeah, I got to know him pretty well. So it'll be good. And it's um, the pitching matchup is unbelievable for saturday and it's bomber jacket giveaway day it's sold out ryan jury thought the whole season was going to be sold out it's a sad uh, sad bet that he lost there and, adam, and and our producer adam will fill us in on what you owe me at the end of the season it's already done you're not going to break any
0: records so um, i believe but... it was a 12 pack of the winner's choice of beer okay
2: there you go um so anyway uh it should be an exciting game on saturday uh can't get tickets now unless you want to pay through the nose. But you can buy like, a second uh, selling ones. What do they call it?
0: Yeah the 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 resale yeah. market the resale yeah. yeah yeah yeah. But anyway, it, it's should be good. It's it should interesting. be fun to watch. Oh, it'll, it, it'll be in VR. It'll be incredible to see. I can't wait to watch that game. And I mean, yeah, geez, you know, you, you bring up the pitching matchup, and you know, talking about the Jays, we brought up Kikuchi. Obviously, everybody's you know fed up and familiar with with, with what he's all about. Yeah. Um. But but Ross Stripling just continues to be yeah. an unbelievable story. And I think if you end yeah. up in a three game wild card series, or who knows, maybe potentially pulling a miracle and winning the division, whatever the playoff scenario looks like, I think he probably has to be your number three guy. Oh, for sure. Oh, I think so.
2: Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, He's been surprising. We, we you particularly made made uh, fun of him a little bit last year on the show, but that's fine. He, he's he battled back and he's been really good. And like, as you said, Jimmy Garcia, there's another one that I told you when the Jays got him, you said, Yimmy, And I said, he wants to be named. Jimmy and you said, I'm not calling him Jimmy. I remember these little things, but yeah, he's Jimmy Garcia and he is throwing 97 miles an hour Um, and like his strikeout ratio on that fastball is unbelievable. Like he is he is unhittable when he's throwing that fastball at 97 and he's got a great curveball to go along with it. You know he can he drop does. one in at 86, 85, and then throw one ninety seven. By I like he's the setup guy. He's the Mike Timlin. Like he's the Dwayne Ward. He's the guy who came in before Tom Henke did back back in the day, right? So he's doing a good job, and you need that eighth inning setup guy, and he's doing a great job.
0: He is. I I would like to say in my defense that in Miami he was known as <laughs> Yeah, Yimmy I know. Garcia. I know he was. I, know it's, it's I, just classic, po- I
2: just like put po- like you could do it all day long. Probably it's the classic say, Russian
0: but- name in hockey thing. It's like, yeah, it's but I saw an interview with him Kovalchuk. and he says, I'd like to be
2: named Jimmy. My name is Jimmy, not Yimmy. Anyway, well, so I, I said that on the show Miami and you guys go, I'm not calling him Jimmy. Anyway, it's all good. Well, Oh, he, is, he You are he now. Can be, You've come he around. can be
0: called whatever he wants uh, right. when he's yep. playing like this yep. in Toronto. I'd like to ask you, Clarky, because I know you got to run soon. Here, you, you mentioned we're recording this on your daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, yep. Jenna. I I would like to ask you though, and and I I'm asking this not in jest. I'm like I'm being yeah. serious because we all know the plight of your Maple Leafs you know the argos have had swells of up and down success throughout uh, the last number of years the raptors yeah. of course 2019 maybe gave people a glimpse into what championships look yeah. like yeah. Uh, but but the jays you know back then what was it like to have one of the the big big teams in toronto be that successful like what was well, it let me, like let me, to be around yeah. that?
2: Let me set the scene a little bit more for you, because I worked at what was called CJCL Radio back mm-hmm. in 1989. And until September of 1992, we're known as CJCL 1430. In September of 1992, just as the Jays were going into the playoffs, they of course uh, changed the station over to the fan. Um, so just imagine, all of a sudden, there's a sports radio station in town. The Jays are going into a World Series run. I'm producing McCowan's show. I'm down at the Dome every day. It was unbelievable. Like you look back now and you think, geez, like how lucky I was, right? Like it was, it was great time. And like the city was a buzz. Um, it's just unfortunate, Ryan, that we've had now to go 29 years without anything right basically like yeah you can count the uh the um the uh, raptors win in 2019 um, yeah you can huge. count that yeah you can yes. count that but <laughs> but yeah but like the jays and the leafs uh haven't done anything since
0: tfc right. let's give tfc some respect here come on clarkie your favorite sport TFC, of soccer tfc but
2: the leafs and the funny thing is the leafs had a semi-final run in 93 and 94, 92, 93, right. 93, 94. They made it to the semifinals. finals um, You know, '02 was well, if it wasn't a high stick to Gretzky, we would have won the cup that year. And then the Canucks were a better team in 94 and beat them out. Um, and yeah, no two pat Quinn. That was the first year of Leafs TV, which I was at as well. So it was kind of ironic. And last week, I don't know if you heard the show, but we uh, reminisced. Yes, I did. Um, with uh, Sean Fitzgerald about Leafs TV coming to an end. Yeah, uh, it's right. yeah it's
0: right it's i i wondered how you felt about that yeah and i and i watched the show i'd encourage yeah, everybody to watch last week's show yeah. sean fitzgerald of the athletic a, a yeah. dear friend of this show yeah it was an interesting <clears throat> chat and uh yeah weird times continue uh, across the media landscape clarky we gotta let you go uh okay Producer yeah i gotta go i will continue uh we'll take a quick break here wish jenna Producer happy they from just the show make
2: sure you- yeah, and uh, producer Adams on the ball. Dusty did not win a World Series uh, as a manager. Did as a player. Um, that's that's so that. That's right. That. Um, that's but right. Uh, he 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 has the info on our bet, so he can fill you in.
0: Absolutely, he'll he'll fill okay. me in. We'll take a quick break yeah. here uh, on <laughs> instigating with Clarky injury. Clarky's an expert. Back to wrap things up here on Insta Game with Clarkie and Drury, Ryan Drury still here with you and uh, there's producer Adam from behind
3: the camera. Hello, sir. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Ryan? First time on the show. So, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, an uh, appearance. Yeah, they used to have producer Tim, right, with Jay and Dan. And now you actually get to see what the producer looks like this time. I'm no, like, shady figure behind the board.
0: <laughs> yes, you're not just an AI. You're you're a real person. You exist. Yep. Producer Adam's a real guy we've been referring to this entire time on the show. <laughs> it's good to have you on. Okay, so is Clarky teed up? I, I mean, before we talk about some cool stuff that we were both up to and are going to be up to in the near future... Fill me in on this bet. I've I've clearly they're not going to break the attendance record. Uh, that that's no. clearly not going to happen at this point. What was yeah. the bet? I I was I was pretty bang on, wasn't I? Wasn't it a twelve pack of of the winner's choice of beer?
3: Yes, you are right. Yeah. So, and you're, and as you guys discussed, your bet was, yeah, they were going to sell it every game, and Clarky said they weren't going to break in any attendance records, and yeah, it was a twelve pack of the winner's choice of beer. Except the side bet on the bottom was that I get a six pack regardless from the loser. So, you actually need to buy a sixteen pack, right? You need to get twelve for Clarky and six for me. <laughs> well, wouldn't that amount to eighteen? Or 18, sir. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hey, Hey. if you want to give me
0: two of yours, that's fine to drown my sorrows. But I'd <laughs> sure. rather you just take your 18. Yes, I do remember that addition. And that well, was the I rider, mean,
3: the bottom rider on the back. Well,
0: <laughs> well, all, all the hard work you do for us on the show, you should get some beer. Why not? Yes, I guess I'm going to have to slide Clarkie a 12 pack of probably Stella. Is what I would assume, and, and and why not? You you win a bet. You're you're not going to buy Bud Light. No disrespect to Anheuser Busch. You're you're going to get the high end
3: European stuff,
0: as long well, as he doesn't ask me for like Guinness or something, which I love. I'm I'm not buying that guy Guinness. Come on here,
3: twelve of Logger. Guinness is not cheap either. Twelve, twelve. Guinness they're not is cheap.
0: That's like uh, that'd be like twenty eight bucks, thirty bucks. Yeah. Yeah. No, he can, he can, he can have whatever he wants. And you, you will have to slide me the details of whatever libation is your, uh, preference. Uh, well, like it, all right.
3: Inside baseball, like here's the office I'm sitting in in Hanover for Whiteman. And I just want my neighbor right here. I could see it out my window. McLean's ales just right there. I,
0: <laughs> I would happily, I'd be happy to supply you with a six pack of delicious McLean's ales. Let, let's do that. She talked to McLean's ales. know. Eh? Yeah. I love beer. Let's let's get another sponsor involved here, McLean's. Come on. All I'm right. Sure let's talk about some fun stuff. Let's talk sure. about some fun stuff. Obviously, uh, on our on our last episode, uh, we featured a, a really fun interview that I was able to do uh, before I went up to the lake uh, w- with Caleb Dahlgren, who many are familiar with from from the Humboldt Broncos tragedy, and of course, a, a, a best selling author now with his book Crossroads. Uh, I, I previewed his uh, arrival for a, a speaking engagement here in Listowel, which I attended on Wednesday, August 24th, uh, took Kate and her parents along with me. Uh, they were selling copies of the book. He did a big book signing after he spoke for almost two hours. Wow. It was an incredibly powerful um, event. He was uh, so open and and kind and just, um, you know, He bore his soul to everybody in attendance. There are, you know, a few hundred people packing the stands at the Listwell Ag Fairgrounds. And, uh, you know, you could hear a pin drop. Everybody was enraptured with every word that he said, detailing his life story. Of course, you know, if if you're not familiar, please read his book. His book's fantastic. Diagnosed as a diabetic, a type 1 diabetic at the age of four, going through all those trials. He, He shared with us this in the book as well, just about. You know, his dad getting sick, his his hockey journey, of course, Humboldt, which is a, a big part of his life. And, and most importantly, I think, and you can go back on our YouTube channel and, and watch it, his journey toward healing. And of course, the book and all the great things he's up to now, earning uh, well on his way to earning a degree as a professional chiropractor. Uh, Adam, it was Man, it was an emotionally charged night. It was incredible. Uh, Caleb, like he mentioned uh, in our interview and in his book, um, has a a great foundation, a diabetes outreach foundation for kids. It's called Diabetes. And um the, the books that he sold at the event, as well as all the ticket revenue, uh, are all going to a, a really incredible place in Huntsville called Camp Huronda, which is a, a special camp for diabetic children. It, they do really, really incredible stuff. There were a, a, a good conglomerate of local kids from Listowel and the surrounding area that are diabetics. Caleb spent a bunch of time with them before the event and had dinner with them. Like It was really he's he's just an incredible kid and i mean the interview we were able to feature on this show one of the highlight interviews i've ever been able to do professionally um already showed that but i think for the people that were at the event adam it it was you know it was something to witness in person and uh i was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with him after the book signing i did get my book signed i should probably have it in my hand but i don't he wrote me a very nice message uh in there and uh, yeah, a really, really special event to attend
3: that's awesome and yeah he was a great interview on the show i'm sad i didn't get a chance to go and attend it myself but great location right listill egg fair uh, society and the building they have there perfect spot for that to happen and i'm not surprised that the stands were completely filled uh, based just on the interview we did with caleb uh that was an amazing interview and he's very very well spoken obviously um and yeah that's an amazing event and and what a way to raise some money for the the place in huntsville awesome I yeah, don't know more absolutely. to say that was great. <laughs> it
0: was it was a spectacular evening for sure and yeah. uh, if you want to learn more about about Caleb, his initiative, Diabetes, or, or even Camp Yoranda. Visit, visit their respective websites. Camp Yoranda has a great site where you can learn more uh, about their efforts. And, of course, Caleb's website is just simply calebdahlgren.com where you can uh, find out what he's up to. And, again, I'd encourage anybody who hasn't read Crossroads to pick up a copy. It's a, a, an extremely affordable book and a book you will not regret purchasing. Speaking of purchasing things... Mr. Olivero you are going to be going to a Blue Jays game and taking
3: the family tell us all about this it's very exciting absolutely very exciting so it'll be my first Blue Jays game that I'm going to since probably I'm gonna say 2006 2007 so I haven't seen any of these no I haven't seen any of these uh the new look Jays or anything and you know back in 2006 I don't even remember who would have been playing then but we were way up in the nosebleed 500s like how would they have been pitching probably but it was they were peanuts right because we were in the top 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 row at the back alex rios yeah that sounds (laughs) still there (laughs) yeah maybe maybe uh yeah but uh no i'm excited and like geez, the guys are playing amazing right now. Like they just had an amazing, like you guys were mentioning against the Yankees and the Red Sox. They're doing great against them. So I'm hoping that rolls into them playing the Los Angeles uh, Angels because that's who they're going to be playing. And and I said to my brother, Ryan, I said, listen, we may get to see Shohei Otani. And he goes, oh, okay. So we're, you want to get tickets for that game? Absolutely. And then like maybe a week after I bought the tickets, they're like, Mike Trout's off the aisle. I'm like, whoa, my gosh, this is going to be quite the game to see these, like that caliber of players on the field playing. And... I didn't get 500 seats. I'm in section 130, and about 32 rows up from the Jays dugout. So, so if anybody's watching this show on Friday night, uh, when you're watching the game on Sunday, see if you see uh, me. You know, some crazy guy from Hanover waving from the back of where Hazel May does the interviews on that wide shot camera after the game. I think I think we're like the last row in the top there when they do the interviews with the Jays player. So.
0: You're gonna have a great time, man. Down yeah. the third base line, yep. uh, you're gonna get a good look at. Of course, everyone knows my favorite player, Mr. Matt Chapman. Wave yep. to Chappie for me, would you? Maybe write up a sign for me and yeah, uh, and give him away. Hi.
3: He like yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Chappie, come on the show. There you uh, go. Yeah, he's he's my guy, and you're gonna have a uh, a very good look at the magician that is Mr. Matt Chapman. Well, it's gonna be awesome for you. Uh, I mean regardless of whether you see him pitch or not Shohei will absolutely hit baseballs yep. and there's always the uh, possibility that he launches a 440 foot missile and Mike oh, Trout shit. is well he's Mike Trout isn't he so yep. you are you are certainly in for a treat my friend barring of you know not even to mention what the Jays are up to lately you're going to see the 600 hitting of late George Springer and yep. uh, we hope Fingers crossed, we're we're recording this before the game you're going to. Please don't get hurt again, Springy. We we love you. Uh and of course, Vlad, uh, you know, it's not bad watching that guy live either. So have and, a lot of fun, and, man. And, and, and I'm sure too? that
3: there's quite oh. a
0: Well, Machette
3: yeah. is mm, he's, he's getting better. He's had a rough match for sure.
0: He's no. not a, he's not as exciting to watch as he should be, but there's That's always the true. potential that he'll launch a missile because while he does swing at everything, when he does connect, they tend to go very far as well, so you never know. He might
3: well, you want all to the that. Dump. We picked the Sunday game because that's the very last outdoor Junior Jays game. So uh, my nephew, my ah. niece, sorry, and and my daughter, they're will be there for a long time. Like the game's at one thirty-seven, but they Jays have recommended for this last Junior Jays that we arrive at ten to forty-five a.m. because they've got all kinds of outdoor activities, hot dog stands, batting cages for the kids to try, and then beyond all that, when the game is over, they get to run the bases down of course. on field. So. It's going to be quite the event. We'll be there pretty much the whole day. So I'm excited. You are
0: going to be locked and loaded in the GTA. It's going to be a fun experience, my friend. Well, it's
3: been another fun show. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to throw in a plug. Uh, If anybody's listening or watching and they want to grab some Jays gear on their way down, our friends at Lasting Memories Locker Room have all their Jays gear at half price right now. So we were there this afternoon at uh, getting some Jays, getting ourselves geared up to go to the game. So visit uh, Scott and uh, the people over there at Lasting Memories if you need something here in Hanover. It's a
0: great, I love Lasting Memories. It's a great store down there in Hanover. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. What a great show. We appreciate, again, our good friend Garrett McFadden for for more on what he's always up to with his great mental health initiative, McFadden's Movement. They got a website, very easy to find and very easy to donate to West for Youth or uh, a number of other Canadian Mental Health Association uh uh, charities uh there's there's links there on the site that you can get involved with we appreciate garrett joining us on the show we appreciate of course clarky mr national geographic jumping on the show to chat as well and of course producer adam well we appreciate producer adam every single week don't we so yeah. for all of us here at instigating we appreciate all of our great sponsors and all of you for watching and listening remember Friday nights at eight, Sunday nights at nine. You can watch this show with our friends on Whiteman TV brought to you by one producer, Adam. And of course you can find us on social media at instigating pod and watch our YouTube channel where the show debuts every Friday night at 9 PM. That's it from us. We'll be back next week with more instigating.